Well, Yael has some thoughts on uh, the uh, speech uh, delivered by uh, our commander-in-chief, President Joe Biden, yesterday, uh, putting down these uh, new mandates on private companies uh, of more than 100 employees. Yael says, uh, well, this mandate is doomed to fail, it's unconstitutional, and it's just wrong. Good morning, sir. I hope all is well on your side of the world. I hope uh, you're off to a great week and finishing it up uh, here this morning with us on The Big Talker. Good morning, Yael. Uh, good morning, Joe. Yeah, doing great here. Finally uh, back with high, crisp audio and uh, talking to you on the radio again. I feel great. It's good to have you, and I know that you paid attention from afar. Uh, the speech delivered by Joe Biden yesterday, uh, putting all these mandates in and all this other stuff that he announced. Uh, you say it's doomed to fail, it's unconstitutional, and just wrong. Explain yourself, my friend. Uh, yeah, I think the the first point to kind of make is this is entirely lazy, uh, because when we start going to mandates of this level and trying to enforce them upon all these different types of groups of people, it's just lazy bureaucratic tinkling. You know, what are we really trying to do here? And, you know, with all of the rhetoric around vaccinations, so much of it is just changing. It's the, the changing of the goalpost every single week. And it's just doomed to fail. It's something that's not going to work very well, requiring workplaces to have everybody vaccinated or do the testing once a week. First off, that's imposing huge amounts of costs on many companies. It's also just going much further than any federal government ever should. If there would be a role for this, it would be perhaps the state government, and that can be argued by a legislature. But all this is being done through a various you know, bureaucratic agencies, through OSHA or through the Department of Labor. All of this is, is just not a good idea. It's setting a very bad precedent, because uh, you can imagine if Joe Biden has this much power, uh, they have to expect that the next president, whoever it might be, Republican or Democrat, is going to have this power and more. That's always something to think about, and it's just sort of lost in the shuffle of what's happening here. And the other part about, you know, doomed to failure, absolutely, and mostly because this is not the way to do it. How do you convince people to be vaccinated? Well, not making it so that it's illegal to not be. <laughs> that is a terrible approach. It is, it is the stick instead of the carrot, and we're really abandoning, you know, all types of actual conversation about what society that we want to have post-COVID, because at some point, the government has to realize there's only so much they can do. The private market delivered these vaccines. People freely took them if they wanted to. And there are no cutouts in any of these rules or regulations, actually, for people who have gotten it and recovered. And as we know from the studies, Joe, and as you know yourself, someone who's recovered has even more antibodies than someone who has been vaccinated. So there's a scientific point. Uh, there are actually many European countries where if you've gotten COVID and you've recovered, you have just the same amount of rights as someone who is vaccinated. You're not denied from any uh, locale. But to see this continue on, particularly by the federal government and by Biden at this time, it just seems lazy. It really seems like they're they're just throwing everything in the kitchen sink. And uh, it's very unfortunate. And it's amazing just uh, you know how two months uh, can completely flip a conversation because it was two months ago uh, where this administration was telling us that it's not the role of the federal government to to force vaccinations on Americans for COVID. And then yesterday, it's abide by the federal vaccine mandate or be prepared to pay and pay dearly at the tune of, what, $14,000 per violation for large companies? How does that stand up in court, Yael? It, it doesn't. No, not at all. And in any of these circumstances, I think I mentioned it you know, a couple months ago, 
as soon as any of the the pandemic era restrictions are brought into court, they're mostly struck down. I mean, we've seen this with the eviction moratorium. There are going to be many more cases litigated because what the government is doing is just not legal. Uh, of course, it looks good. They're, they're well-intended. But as we know, that's the kind of stuff that can lead to very abusive laws that will end up harming a lot of people in the end. It's obviously a private decision to get vaccinated. I think it's a better idea if you want to travel and you want to go around and do stuff, uh, but have the government mandate it and particularly impose all these costs and private businesses. Hey, these businesses are trying to survive. You know, they don't have to spend 20% of their budget on getting de- tests in the mail or trying to pressure their employees to get the vet. That's not what businesses do in our society. They provide value to us. They provide us with goods and services. They are not there to be political tools. And unfortunately, with this proposal, that will happen. And we have to expect with the next president, with the next administration, that power will be there. Who's to say it won't be something else other than vaccinations? Yael Lasowski with the Consumer Choice Center uh, sharing some thoughts, uh, of course, on yesterday's uh, announcement by the president of the United States uh, on, well, uh, the next step uh, in the federal government's uh, role in, quote unquote, fighting uh, this uh, pandemic. It's unbelievable uh, just uh, how uh, our politicians are working in this issue and many others. And this is across the board you know, how they work to basically pit Americans against one another, uh, whether it be mask, uh, no mask, vaccination, no vaccination black, white, Republican, Democrat, left, right. It's amazing how the political types, Yael, seem to be Teflon from all the the divisiveness, uh, maybe in front of a camera, uh, but once the camera goes off, they're all chummy with one another, you know, sitting there drinking $17 cocktails at, uh, you know, the ritzy D.C. uh, restaurant uh, while we on the ground, uh, you know, are are fuming at one another for what? Because they love to stoke the fire, and uh, you know, the more divided we are, the more power they have. Yeah, and I, I think that is, is probably your most important point. I think everybody's been on some social media recently, and you've probably heard comments. I read one the other day, someone who was fully vaccinated, who has been, you know, quarantining, who's been doing all of that, and still ended up getting COVID. And basically only had harsh words to say about the unvaccinated. I blame them. You know, it's just, it's a virus. You know, this is nothing that a government, you know, law will ever stop. It's something that really comes down to yourself and your family and your situation and how you're protected and how you want to deal with it. What we've done is we've elevated all of these personal decisions and choices and interactions and just kind of put them into the public forum to debate and using mandates and laws and judges and the force of police. I mean, we're seeing the extent of how that's going in Australia, where people are not even allowed to leave their homes and they're being arrested for walking outside without a mask. That happened uh, just yesterday morning. Guy walks out, walking down the street, no mask. Somebody calls the police. The police come. There's a tussle. He ends up in the hospital where he will have more of a chance of catching COVID than had he just been walking down the street without a mask. Uh, But I really think it's unfortunate that the politicians have failed us. They failed us because they've made it so that Americans are turning on each other. And that's never a good position that you want to be in. It might, you know, in the moment serve political interests, but it's overall very bad for the social fabric of our country. We should never have groups 
blaming others. We should never have this level of discrimination. And I, I just, I'm feeling very uncomfortable with how this is going because it could be, it could turn to other topics. You know, those who don't believe that we need a $15 minimum wage, for instance, you know, will we be castigated? Uh, people who have opinions about how we need more innovation to fight climate change instead of large, large carbon taxes. There's a level to which we can have political disagreements but when it gets to this extent that we're we're actually suggesting denying people services, goods, ability to work and have a job, that is next level, Joe. And I don't think anyone is prepared for what happens next. Helen, you experienced your own uh, Karen uh, situation. What was it? Uh, Thanksgiving in your neck of the woods. Uh, you just wanted to go to the courtyard and use your smoker for a little while, literally check on it every couple of hours. And all of a sudden the police are at your door. How about that? Yeah. And, and that's the kind of stuff that we're doing. And you know, we had an entire summer about, you know, the police being too strong, too, being too well-funded. They cracked down too much on our communities. And all of these people at this point are actually in favor of police, because that's essentially what government is. It, it is the police. That's how they enforce their laws and their mandates, is in empowering the police to have more power in order to enforce these laws. You're going to invite more interactions between law enforcement and citizens, which I thought was what many of these people opposed. That is not a good situation overall. Again, when we talk about laws, those things are backed up by force and things that are mandated by force. And we have to really think about what we want our government to do. Many of these decisions are private. They should be you know, dealt with by families, by individuals. But inviting the government in to solve every single problem is only a way down a very bad road. Yael Lasowski with the Consumer Choice Center uh, here this morning. Yael, uh, uh, by now, uh, at least I know, uh, our listeners uh, likely know if they've uh, heard you every Friday uh, for the last uh, couple of years, uh, that, that you like a vape now and then, a, a vape tobacco pen. And uh, just a couple of weeks after they force uh, the popular brand known as Juul to fork over some big money because of their advertising tactics, uh, they are now... Well, uh, back in, in the middle of this debate uh, with the FDA uh, in approving, well, vaping devices and different products, I think Juul got the go-ahead, uh, but there are hundreds of others uh, that are still kind of awaiting uh, the ability to hit the marketplace. Uh, why is that? Well, the, the they didn't even get the go-ahead yet, and I think for all the companies that did apply, you know, and there were hundreds of them, uh, they haven't gotten any response. Uh, what this whole process is is essentially the... Food and Drug Administration uh, was put in charge in uh, of vaping products and, and tobacco regulation in the country, and they were responsible for this kind of market application, allowing people to sell their various vaping products or juices or liquids or whatever it might be, and to be sure that consumers have access to that. And essentially, the FDA had this process. They had a deadline of September of last year where people were supposed to submit all of their different applications so that they could sell the products they, they were already selling. And the FDA has, has basically given us no response, no answers. We don't know anything about which products have been approved, which have not been approved. And it just goes to show that they have really dropped the ball on this entire thing. They're being led astray by many very strong and very well-funded groups and, you know, you have a group like the American Cancer Society, you have the uh, the medical associations, you have all these people who, I, I think there's a lot of different lobbies at play here, Joe, I won't go too deep into it, but they are very adamant that people should not have access to vaping devices. And if we actually care about cancer, if we care about people 
uh, who've gotten cancer or have gotten any kind of illness from combustion of tobacco in the past, we should be advocating vaping. And to see the FDA again drop the ball on this, to neglect science, to deny science, the science that tells us that vaping devices are 95% less harmful than ordinary tobacco, it just shows again that the FDA is just not well prepared as an organization. They messed up all of the testing in the beginning of the pandemic. They did not approve any until about a year later. And we see that once again, when it comes to vaping devices, they're denying the science. They're making it so that ordinary entrepreneurs, uh, many people around Wilmington and North Carolina and, and around the country, are not able to provide products that people need, people want, and people that really have had their lives changed by. Yael, as uh, we wrap up our conversation this morning, you sent me an eye-opening story. I'm not an iPhone user, and I don't even think I own one Apple uh, product. Uh, Now, my wife uh, has an iPhone. And is that another shocker, Yael? Never been to Amazon, never purchased something from Amazon, uh, and now uh, to learn that I'm not an Apple guy. Are are these just uh, huge discoveries uh, that say a lot about me as a person now that you know know, my inside secrets? (laughs) No, sir. It means you believe in competition and you choose exactly the product that's right for you. So I totally support you in that. All right. And with that said, tell me about this uh, controversial plan by Apple uh, to scan users' photos. Uh, That's a little scary when it comes to tech privacy and where that slippery slope uh, may lead us. So when we talk about an overreaching government these days. Yeah, what what this was about is it was in the latest uh, iPhone update. It has not yet been implemented, uh, but the idea that Apple was trying to do is that every time you took a picture and it was uploaded to your iCloud storage, so it's essentially the cloud service for all of your different photos, they would scan them for a and match it with a known database of child pornography images. So the idea is that they created an algorithm that would go through all of the pictures, scan them, and if they match with any known images from their database, those would be deleted and law enforcement would become aware of it. And this was just a lot of people were taken by surprise because Apple thus far, when it comes to at least the phone, has been one of the strongest on encryption, on privacy, and really in giving a lot of power to their individual users. And this one just came out of the blue. And and we don't really know if it was because of pressure by law enforcement, uh, but essentially for a lot of people, they like the the iPhone, they like Apple because of the encryption, because of the privacy and the security. And I think this is, is putting a lot of people off. Normally, obviously, we can use the defense of the children and nobody wants to support anything having to do uh, with explicit images like that. But the thing is, is that this is the type of argument that we have over the internet all the time. Uh, there are filters on what websites you can visit in the United Kingdom. You need to be over 18 and you need to put your government card into the computer. You know, there's all types of terrible legislation that has been invented elsewhere. So far in the United States, we've really tried to have a much more entrepreneurial approach. And to see Apple even cave this way, it really is 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 kind of fascinating to see that this is a company that was dedicated to privacy and security and encryption. And a lot of the, you know, privacy advocates are very worried about this and very upset. And, you know, if they're willing to do this again for uh, these explicit images uh, could also be for people who perhaps, you know, or have questions about where the co- uh, coronavirus originated. You know, could it be that uh, those who don't have uh, vaccines are not going to be able to use certain things? It's this type of stuff to where we have too much creeping influence by many of our, our federal institutions. And to see that Apple is kowtowing 
in this way, I think should give people a lot of pause. We as consumers deserve to have all the information about the products that we use, about the services that we use. I hope more people are aware about this. The update has not yet been applied. There's been a lot of pushback from a lot of people, uh, but we'll see what happens in the next update. Perhaps they'll, they'll listen to people like us, but perhaps not. You never know with some of these companies. And of course, you know, all of those who access that sort of filth you know, should be called out you know, and put away and handled properly. Uh, but this goes, uh, you know, far beyond that, I think. And we all know, you know, you let them in the door and how quickly they start to overreach and, uh, you know, then get into things that, uh, you know, we never thought would be imaginable. You know, just what, 20, 25 years ago when most of us were carrying flip, flip phones, beepers, and we used to use pay phones. Boy, have we allowed so much uh, uh, access to our personal lives in the last 20 years, uh, despite the fact that, well, Many of us still have a hard time getting a handle on how to appropriately use uh, technology. But uh, they are in our lives. It's in our lives right now. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure I'm going to get an Amazon ad pop up right now next time I go to Facebook after talking with you. Uh, two seconds uh, and mentioning the word Amazon just uh, a moment ago. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think all the, the technology thing, I think it improves our lives. I think it has made everything much better. Uh, it is really making all of our lives richer in so many different ways. And, and that's why we have to hold steadfast to these principles. You know, that's why we don't want to have innovative tech made by China uh, that becomes the norm in the United States. We want to have our companies, our technology. Uh, this is the stuff that is making life better every day, making life cheaper, giving people so much more work and jobs out there. I'm a huge fan of technology. I hope we can continue supporting it. Uh, but again, Joe, uh, we'll, we'll get you on one of these sites at some point. You know, maybe I'll just have to ship an Amazon package to your house. Yeah, yeah, it's always a pleasure, and I look forward to hearing uh, you and David Clement tomorrow on the latest edition of the Consumer Choice Radio Show. Good stuff, as always. Thanks again. Thank you, Joe. Until next week. That's Yaya Losowski with the Consumer Choice Center, consumerchoicecenter.org. Tomorrow morning, he and David Clement, uh, the latest edition of Consumer Choice Radio, 10 a.m., right here on the Big Talker FM.